Welcome to Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator from Entertainment Weekly, Chris Rosen. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for coming. Uh, this is for Digging for Fire. We have Jake Johnson and Joe Swanberg here, the filmmakers. Uh, we'd love to show the trailer first, and then we'll bring Jake and Joe out and have a little fun for a half an hour. So let's watch the trailer and get going. Hey, Lee, look what I found on the hill. My guess is it's an animal bone, and there just happened to be... Some other animal shot it. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mom. I'm just thinking about coming down. I just need a break. I'll do the taxes. No, but see, I'll and do then the do you see what happens? And then... Why isn't Daddy? Sometimes mommies want daddies to pitch in, and if you don't, mommy comes after you and goes, Rawr. So Daddy is at home doing his homework. This is very strange. <laughs> we would start Get ready. We are going to have a fun Saturday night. I found this, and then I found that, man. Well, let's keep digging. We're going to just sort of hang here. I'm in. Come on, it's going to be fun. I actually miss seeing you, man. It's crazy having a kid. No sleep. No sleep. No sleep. Also, there's a person. I gotta sleep. I'm just waiting to get my life back. When did it come back? You were married? Mm-hmm. Since when? Just a license plate. Wow! You know, there's garbage in no, the ground. Stop, if you dig far enough, you'll find a landfill. Wow! right now, and I don't even know you. That's very liberating. Being in love, what is that? Getting what you want, or is it giving somebody what they want? Do you not yourself right now? I found something! Oh. I feel like you're, whoo! What do you think is going on here? If you don't want to dig, how about some hookers? No, no, I, I, that's a sort of an illogical jump you just made. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jake Johnson and Joe Swanberg. All right, thanks for coming out, everybody. So uh, obvious here, but watching the trailer gonna remind me a lot of digging in this movie, like literal yeah. digging. We did uh, a lot of actual digging. Like how is that as an actor to have to do that much digging? It looks exhausting. You know, I like, well, this was based off something that happened in real life where I was in my backyard and I was telling you about this and I was putting a garden back there with my wife and I found a gun and I found a bone and I found license plates and I found a bag of marbles. Uh, and then a bunch of friends and I went digging for 10 days looking for this body in my backyard that felt really stand by me, but we were looking for it. And so shooting and digging, that was kind of the most fun for me because that really happened. So when you make movies, you base it in reality, but then everything becomes fictional. Right. But that really happened. So it was really fun to be back digging with, you know, this time with like Sam you, Rockwell. Um, you told me too that you like doing physical stuff on camera yeah. you're like it's fun for you to take roles where you actually get to do get to work a little bit yeah yeah 
So how hot is it? Like, I mean, it looks very labor intensive, I guess. It was physically uncomfortable. Uh, but I think so much of acting is <laughs> so easy and comfortable. Right. That when you can actually like sweat a little bit, yeah. it kind of feels nice. So you meant like you mentioned like that part happened to you yes. and stuff. How do you flesh out? And I know you had mentioned that it's like a you had like a two and a half page outline for this, right? So like, how did you flesh out from that to like the rest of the story? Like, is that conversation between you guys or like? I mean, how much like conversations you do? between us for a couple months, and then every actor really. I mean, the way that I love to work is if the actors own their character and bring a lot of that. So as actors kept joining the project, everybody was bringing all this different energy, and so Jake and I, as writers, were kind of just like uh, the ringleaders of the energy and kind of trying to keep track of that and. Uh, you know, like Brie Larson came in and had a different read on the character than what we initially thought. Well, we'll let Brie, we'll trust that she knows the character, she's going to have to play it. Now let's figure out how her read on that character works into this other stuff. And it becomes this really fun kind of controlled chaos. Yeah, what was that read that she had, I guess, compared to like what? Well, she was coming off of an ayahuasca trip, and which is in the movie she talks about. I also like to use people's real, whatever people are going through, I'm like, great, man, talk about it. Um, it sort of like rearranged her head in ways that she was really excited about. And so she was like, I want to use this in the movie. And I said, great, let's figure out how it factors in. So we kind of thought of her, I mean, there's like big ideas that don't change. The big idea for me with her character, for instance, is that Jake is like re-encountering his wife as maybe she was when they first met. And so Brie sort of symbolically represents that fun and flirtation of kind of first meeting somebody and falling in love. So that stays there, but then the way we get there is different based on what the different actors are bringing. Do you have, I mean, like, in that, I, obviously, like, in the movie, not really a spoiler, but she ends up, like, you end up putting her in different clothes and stuff. There's a lot of, and we talked about this, I, we, I interviewed you yesterday, but, like, we talked a lot about this, and it was a lot with the, uh, the supernatural elements and that kind of stuff, and I thought that was interesting, like, with that, the way she dresses different, and even, like, you putting on the clothes. I mean, for you as the director, like, what was, how much of that were you interested in, like, exploring? All of that stuff. Okay. I mean, that, that's my favorite stuff. Those are themes that are sort of running through a lot of the movies. I mean, this idea of... I suppose performance, but also communication and how we, uh, I think, subconsciously attempt to arrange and make sense of the world around us, make it fit to how we see it. So whether his character is thinking through that or not, when she puts his wife's clothes on, something about her feels right all of a sudden. Right. That's good. Um, do you have, obviously you guys work together this, Drinking Buddies, why do you think your collaboration with Joe is so good? It actually started when we met to do Drinking Buddies right. together. Um, I had been doing, you know, New Girl and other things where it's a different way of shooting and it's more structured and it's more covered. And I met him through uh, Lizzie Kaplan, who played one of my character's girlfriends. And she said, you got to meet this guy. He's making movies in a different way. And I think you'd really get along. And when I met Joe, he pitched a way of filmmaking that was collaborative and creative and you beat out a story so you know what needs to happen and then you cast as many talented people as you can from cast and crew who really can help bring that out and he really likes the magic of the moment and he likes mistakes and he likes improv and he likes all the stuff that I also like and he likes unconventional coverage rather than just a camera here and a camera here always he likes oneers 
and we just got along really well and we enjoyed making a movie together. And so after Drinking Buddies, we said we wanted to try another one and that was this. And then this last summer, we shot our third movie together, Win It All. Right. And we're enjoying the partnership. Do you think you're a better actor having worked with Joe than you were before? Yeah, and I also think I understand filmmaking in a way. I, you okay. know, I never went to film school in that I didn't study this. So Joe has been a, a great education for me in terms of making movies from both sides of the camera. He's not an ego guy, so he likes explaining things and saying why he's doing stuff. And so I felt like I've learned the other side more than I had no knowledge of. And what for you, Joe, working with Jake, then, like, what do you like? What I mean, you, to put I, you on the spot? For, right from the get-go, I, I mean, I think that Jake can't be fake even if he wanted to be. So when we were making <laughs> Drinking Buddies, I was like, everything that comes out of this guy's mouth feels real. And if you're the kind of filmmaker that's into trying to situate a movie in the real world, it's nice to work with somebody who, I mean, because of the improv, we never quite know what's going on. A lot of it's reactionary. I really need actors to be team players, to actually be working with each other. So, you know, from day one on Drinking Buddies, when Jake and Olivia started talking to each other, I was like, great, man. Every single take is different, but they all feel real. These are honest conversations happening between these two people. And then as we went through that process, by day 17, I was like, I don't have a single take where this guy feels full of shit. And that's not usually the case. Right. And so, yeah, finishing the third movie that we just did, I'm like, great, man, just keep it real. <laughs> Stay in that zone. Let's ride that wave. You meant, like you said, like, uh, on, on, like day 17, Drink Bunnies, and this I think you shot in like probably like 15, 15 days, days or yeah, so. Yeah. What is the post-production process like for like, with you guys, like, obviously you collaborated on like the script or the outline and yeah. stuff and like, when it's done shooting, then how do you guys, like, what happens next? Like, you obviously have work. Like, how does it all work? Like, yeah, after? well, we have, I mean, there's a, a piece of the post-production process that's happening during the shoot okay. where I, either I'm or, or I have an assistant who's starting to put rough cuts of things together. Um, in the case of Digging for Fire, that was me, and we had a two-day break. The movie was kind of divided into halves. So we shot the first half, which was at the house, and then we shot the second half, which was a lot of Rosemary's story that was out in the world. There was two days off in between. I just got a hotel room and did two 18-hour editing days of almost all the stuff we had shot so far just to wrap my head around it. Because with the improv, you're not... You can remember what you shot. You're not 100% sure that stuff's going to cut together in the way you think it is. And so part of it's just an OCD thing for me, and part of it is an information thing for me because... If you do that while you're shooting, it's not too late to do some reshoots, or it's not too late to make certain adjustments, where you're like, okay, cool. This scene works different than I thought. I suspected it was gonna be a big five-minute heavy scene. It ended up being a 30-second piece of that scene. Now I need to figure out what bridges that to this next scene, because it didn't go quite how I thought it was gonna go. And then there's the like proper post-production when we wrap, which has ranged for me from like six days if a movie was not a lot of coverage and, and I didn't have options. I've done movies like that where I did everything in one take from a wide and just you just yep. set up all the shots in line to six months when I'm like really every single day down there trying new things, sending out cuts, getting feedback, trying different options. So I don't have uh, a process that I'm married to, but everything that I do, you know, I just cut on my laptop now that there's portable bus hard drives, I mean, it's really for a filmmaker like me, 
uh, a perfect time to be making movies because I can just cut in hotel rooms, I can cut on airplanes, like anywhere I am I can be tinkering. Right, and do you show, then do you watch any of like the rough cuts that Joe's doing or no? Yeah. I, I do, I okay. mean just now in the last few hours we're back at the hotel watching early cuts of the next one. Okay. <laughs> We can always We're actually it. in post-production right, yeah. right, right now. now. I'm, te I'm texting Jake now, right? cuts of, yeah. of And we, we watch and we start giving notes and start talking like a feeling. Yeah, yeah. And on this one, he would show me early stuff and we would start kind of talking things yeah. out. But we're also, you know, we're learning how we do this stuff together. Right. I think and a lot of times in this business, you work with a team of people and you really like them and then it ends and it's over. And so what we're trying to do is keep doing it so that each one we can get stronger right. and make adjustments to really tinker out so we know, hopefully, by movie eight, how we do post-production right, together. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned Rosemary. I know we have a clip that we could run of uh, Rosemary and you together, so let's do that now, and then Great. we can talk about She's her. She's excellent. She is excellent. All right. Okay. Great. So if, if I find it myself, then I'll call, for sure. It's ridiculous, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, goodbye. Thank you. That was a joke. Uh, the LAPD just said that it's not their job to dig out uh, somebody else's trash and to oh. call if we find the body. But in the meantime, there's nothing they could do. And she had a tone with me, like I was doing something wrong. Good. And I told her about the gun and I told her about the bone. So... So what are you going to do? I'm gonna go dig out the body, are you? No. Or I'm gonna I think we're gonna to leave it. Wait, we can't leave it. Tim, I was just putting down <laughs> Jude, and he was like, "What's the bone?" Fine, we well, don't tell Jude. I'm fine with that. We told Jude, and but he said, we, "What was it?" And it, I said, "It was just pretend. It was probably a bone so from a coyote." Let's find out if it's pretend. Why? Because there might be a dead body on our hill. It's on our hill. Fun of the hill of this person. <laughs> of my client of my livelihood, my right. job, and I can't have them come home after shooting a movie in Budapest and say, right. oh, guess what? And by the way, while you're out of town, my husband decided to like excavate your hillside and we found remains of a body and we think it's connected. I mean, what? Right. Connected to what? Where's it gonna go? Well, obviously I don't know the end of the mystery at the beginning of right. the mystery. If there's a mystery. There we go. <laughs> Let's do this for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> that, that actually, your, your line reading there of the, uh, and she had a tone with me, is yes. my favorite line in the whole movie. I think that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Just so, so funny. But uh, Rosemary, so like working with her, I guess, like, A, how did you decide that she would like play that role? And like, you know, what was it like working? Well, we were talking a lot about that role because it, we knew we needed somebody who could carry half the movie. Right. And help improvise and help, you know, create her journey. And we talked about a bunch of people, we met with some people, and then we've both been fans of her for a long time. So I think we just reached out and yeah. saw if she had interest. Yeah, it was a long process actually in that, yeah, we were looking for somebody who was independent, maternal, who could bring, I mean, because of the improv and because all of the writers in a way are expected, or sorry, all of the actors are expected to be writers in some sense, I wanted to cast somebody who could bring not only uh, like personal experience with raising a child, but also personal experience being in a long-term relationship, which limits the field when you're talking about uh, actresses and in the like 30s age range. Not a lot of them have kids. And so we went on a long search and 
yeah, Rosemary's just one of my favorite actors, period. I just think she's amazing. And I know obviously you shot in like 15 days, but do you guys like, do you get like, did you have like time to work with her at all before it or no? Like you just kind of have a to like- A little bit, yeah, little, yeah. we get okay. together. Okay. Um, but the, that actual phone call at the beginning of that scene yeah. is based off the actual right. phone call. <laughs> so when I found this stuff, I called the police and I told them what I found and they said to me what they say in the movie. Mm -hmm. And I respond just like that and we had that <laughs> moment where they told me it was not their job to dig out somebody else's garbage, and if I found a dead body, to then call them. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so you're advising me to like dig through my yard and just find the body, and they're like, to us it sounds like you might have a bunch of garbage in your yard. And so that scene was an important one we wanted in because that's what really started this journey. <laughs> Did you find anything when you actually dug in your backyard we for real? We found a carpet that was buried carpet. vertically into the ground, okay. starting at about four feet in the earth. Uh, we, <laughs> we got deep into it, uh, and at a certain point, my friend Jeff Baina and I, the director, decided we were spending hours of our lives digging for garbage, and we had to ask ourselves the big question. What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> and so we stopped. What did you do with the garbage? We ended up throwing just the straight up garbage away. Okay. But the pieces, like the gun and the bones and the marbles and the license plate, we put back into the earth, waiting for somebody else to do the same discovery. And, and Jeff is in this, right? Yeah, like in he's the, the guy shooting the BB gun. And you shoot a BB gun, yeah. That's right. That's right, That's right. you do. That's How right. was that, fun, shooting BB gun? Yeah, it was fun, it was fun having Jeff there. He's a, a friend of both of ours, right. so doing that little montage piece was nice. So now Jude is not in that clip, but you obviously mentioned, and Jude's your son, and he's great, best baby actor probably working in Hollywood. Uh, well, I guess, what do you, how is it working, how is he working on this after Happy Christmas? Like, does, is he aware of, like, yeah, how much well, awareness he was, does he have? He was not aware on Happy Christmas. Right. I mean, I think that he was so little during that movie that he just kind of was existing in those scenes. In Digging for Fire, he was definitely a kid by that point and was often more interested in playing with toys than being in the movie. Which is complicated because when I'm like, hey Jude, do you want to be in the movie? He's like, yes, definitely. And I'm like, okay, do you really want to come out and do it? Yes, daddy, I do. And then we get there and I'm like, okay, Jude, you got to walk. He's like, I want to play with my toys right now. So I'm like, uh, Jesus Christ. When we were back in Chicago, you were all about being in the movie. Um, so then you just bribe him with gummy bears. So, <laughs> like all actors, yeah. you got a lot to do yeah, for sure. He had like 15 pounds making this movie. Yeah. He bribes us with IPAs and little kids with gummy bears. Do you? There's a scene. There's a scene where you guys are sitting around the table. It's you, Jude, and Rosemary, and he kind of like starts crying. Yeah. Did you actually make him cry? Like, how is like? Is that yeah, real? Yeah, they made him. They cry. make him cry. You made him cry. You made a baby cry. We made a I, yes. I made a baby cry. Thank you guys very much. Good seeing you. All right, sorry. I had a real, I had a real question <laughs> yes, for, for Joe, actually, We're about back. the score. Because you had Dan Romer do the score. Yes. But I was, I was pleasantly surprised because I, he did Beast of Southern Wild, which is like a great score yeah. and like ripped off or just used in every single ad, yeah. I think, ever. Yeah. And then I haven't really seen or his name on a lot of stuff since. Well, he produced that, uh, that Say Something song, which sold right. a bajillion records. He's so quietly yeah. the master of the universe. Right. Um, yeah, I met him... Uh, through Ben Richardson, the DP of the mm -hmm. film, who shot Beasts of the Southern right. Wild. They knew each other. 
And yeah, Dan, you know what? Here's what I'll say about it. Uh, he was an amazing collaborator and my proof of that is that we worked together for a month on some stuff that at some point I said to him, I don't know, this feels good to me, I think maybe we can push into a better place. And we scrapped almost all of that music and started over and pushed into the area we are here. And he never once was like, Joe, I mean, I've been killing myself on this stuff. He was like, great, come over to my house. What are you thinking? And we just started playing with it again. I mean, really uh, tremendous artist and musician played all, like almost all the instruments on the score himself. Like really just one of those guys that is a genius who I was kind of like, I think over here it needs to like make a turn into this kind of thing. And he's like, okay, cool. What do you think about this? And I'm like, all right, I don't know music terms. So I don't, I, I don't know how to tell me that adjustment. He's like, okay, so just like say some words to me and then would do it. And I'd be like, yes, that's exactly what I meant. And that process was awesome. I think we're gonna, I'm, we're like figuring it out, but I think we're gonna release the score Oh, cool. Uh, as its own thing. That's awesome. Because I, yeah, it just like haunts me and sticks It's really, it's like very, it felt like very 80s, like yeah. kind of like vibe, which yeah. I really liked. And I, I thought it was interesting too, you don't have a lot of like, I guess you have a few songs, but like mostly huh? score based, which I thought yeah. was different from certainly Happy Christmas where you had yeah. all like the Joel and and, and Drinking Buddies, which right. only had pop songs right. and no score in it. Right. So yeah, I mean, you know, these, these movies all, I mean, they're, excuses and opportunities for me to learn things and so if I haven't done something before like work with a composer and come up with like a heavy score like this then the next movie I'm definitely gonna want to do that and with this movie in particular I think from the very beginning we talked about it being a movie with a capital M like a movie that lives in and and sort of speaks cinema language and and acknowledges the history of movies. You know, it sort of feels like an LA film noir in certain areas. It feels like a 70s relationship drama in other areas. We're sort of playing with that stuff. And so part of that language is definitely the score. Right. Yeah, so why don't we run the other clip and then we can talk about Rosemary too. Perfect. This That's is good. Mike Brabiglia playing Rosemary DeWitt in this clip. <laughs> Hey man. Hey man. How are you? Good. Can you believe it? This is very strange. <laughs> very unusual for people like me to be in a place like this. <laughs> the best, right? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. I'm just growing up, man. Check it out. Explore the place. This is all ours tonight. There's a pool. It's a hill. Yeah? I think I am going to walk around. This whole place is hers? Everything. Hey, would you grab some buns? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna pee in each of the bathrooms, is that okay? So then the lesson is hopefully you get really lucky and your grandmother marries a man who's got a lot of money and then therefore you get to go to private school. Right. But your parents couldn't have sent you there. Yeah. And so then you're essentially alienated from your own surroundings. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. I think the optimistic choice is sending them to public school. Yeah. Because we teach at public school. That's right. <laughs> it's, our, 
That's right. We don't believe that you can send your kids to public school. Then what am I doing? Yeah, that's right. What are we? Yeah, what are yeah. we doing? And what? Yeah, that. What is that lesson then? I teach there, but my kid doesn't go. I'm very cynical. Yes. I'm very cynical. Mind you, I teach gym. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that scene, I liked. I would. I love your wardrobe in that scene. I feel like that's all stuff probably that you would wear on a regular basis. Yes, it is. Well, on this movie, we did not have a wardrobe <laughs> sure. department. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we. I wanted to, and we both talked about. It. Joe always saw the character, and I did too. As a guy from Chicago, right. Who has moved to LA, and I personally love repping Chicago teams as much as possible. Sure. Being a you know from Chicago and a fan of the teams, mm -hmm. so I think it's always a nice kind of shout back. Right, and the cooking too looked fun. That looked like that a delicious fun. burger. And Berbiglia is so funny in this movie. Yeah. So Mike, you know, in truth, when we blocked this out, we knew we had a group of friends that we wanted, but we didn't know and really didn't care who filled which role. Okay. It was just this is the group. We know how my character needs to move the story, and then we wanted to see what happens. And Berbiglia and Sam Rockwell ended up becoming like the angel and the devil mm -hmm. on each side of my character in a really nice way. Yeah. But it was a pleasure working with Berbiglia. He's super funny. He's great. Yeah. Uh, I think we have time for some audience questions, if that would work. Uh... My name is David. Uh, first, Jake. I'm a big fan, and Thanks, I especially David. loved your uh, reason role in Jurassic World. Thank you, man. <laughs> um, as writers and directors, when I know you said this is based on a true event, but also what does it take for both of you to put this on paper and then bringing it to life, like your own version of it? Well, this specifically, um, you know, Joe does his movies a little bit differently than other people in that all the dialogue is improvised. So we talked about the idea and we talked about the whole story about looking for the body and then about the marriage and then about taking a weekend apart and her going with her parents. And then we block everything out and start beating out the story of then meeting Brie Larson's character and all the twists and turns and how we end the movie. And so we know the beginning, we know the turns, and we know the end. And then we really start finding actors who we offer that part to and getting their take on. And as we're doing that, we'll add it to the original document of that treatment so we have it. But then when we shoot, we don't have a script. We have those conversations and we have that treatment. So we know what needs to happen in each scene but the first take of the scene is essentially the first draft, where we won't shoot it, we'll talk it out, we'll block it for camera, but we'll start figuring out what the scene actually looks like and you know, how to do it. Does that make sense? Um, when, okay, so where do you begin and end with the number of people you add to this film? It seems like everyone you've ever known is in this movie, and um, I would take a lot of footage to shoot everybody. And um, why didn't you keep the artifacts? What if they need to put these into some museum somewhere? somewhere? I, I, do we have to go back in and dig them out? You do. Oh, oh okay. That's your movie, man. We'll give you a treasure map to uh, <laughs> where why. they're buried. Um, well, yeah, the cast came together in the same way it does on all of my movies, but you know, I've never shot a movie like this in Los Angeles. One of the weird things about that city is all those actors live there. And so they're like, yeah, I'll come for a day and play around. That sounds really fun. And in a, I mean, there's some aspect to the industry now where movies in general don't really shoot in LA anymore. You know, for various reasons, they're being filmed in a lot of other places. And so 
I think we just kind of like got into the groove of making a movie in Hollywood, you know, just kind of shooting in LA and, and doing that thing. And sort of with that came this big ensemble cast. All right, so um, I first saw you in the show New Girl, and lately you've been doing a lot of movies, and I was wondering um, what kind of, like, what do you prefer? Is it TV shows or movies? Uh, it's a good question. I like them both. Uh, they're very different. Uh, what I love about the TV show is we've been playing the same characters now for five seasons. We're coming back. We all know each other. We all know the world. It's got a fan base. It's got, like, its crew. So those are, you know, long stories that I'm curious as an actor on it, what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with my character. I don't know how it's going to end up. And I want to know because I've now gotten invested. And what I like about a movie is it feels more like it's got a beginning, a middle, and end. It stops and starts. On this one, we shot for 15 days, but my part of it was only eight days. And then you introduce it to the world. It comes out. We do things like this. Um, we have these experiences. <laughs> I'm looking at you, my man. <laughs> um, we go around with it, and then it goes away, and it lives on the internet or in you know, movies, and we make new movies. So I love the fact that TV, I've been lucky enough to be on one that has lived. So I don't know, I really do like them both. I like that I'm going back to the show, that I've got another chunk of time there. So I, 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 for me, it's important to do both. Keep that show going. Thanks, awesome. man. Were you around a lot for the days you weren't shooting? Like this movie? Yeah, no. no, that was because it was Rosemary's part and your part, yeah, I'd imagine, right? Well, that's a, well when we or first no. broke the story, yeah. we were breaking it in the world that I was going to be around. And then when we got started and we started going, Rosemary and you and AVC and Ben, our DP, they kind of they kind of knew what they were doing. And being there because I didn't, I wasn't able to jump in the scene. It just felt like I was watching. Right. And. I don't like to just watch. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, I talk a lot. <laughs> so not being able to jump in the scene was tricky. So I just kind of, there was one night, the party scene, when Christmas Cena actually jumps in and takes his clothes off. That was one scene where I was watching, but I hated the feeling of it. Okay. Uh, I hated not being able to jump in the scene and be part of it. So no, I, I only shot my stuff and then, you know, let them handle theirs. And Christmas Cena taking off all his clothes, is that, like, who, is that his idea? Like, how does that work? Like, I mean, I know you said, like, the That character. was his idea. That's it. He was just like, I'm going to do well, this. Well, he knew what we needed. Chris is an awesome guy and yeah. an awesome actor. And we told him we needed his character to take the party to the next level. Okay. He was the late night guy who took this party and made it crazy. Right. And we were in a bar talking about it, and he said, be pretty wild if I took off all my clothes and jumped <laughs> in the pool. And we laughed. And we were like, it would. And he goes, I'll do it. And then a couple weeks later, or however long we're shooting. He did it. And he did it. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. So that's another, uh, you know, incentive, I guess, to watch. That's right. Well. <laughs> that's uh. right. <laughs> so um, uh, you kind of talked a little bit about writing the script and, uh, or not writing the script, but uh, not having a script. And I'm kind of interested in why you choose to make movies like that. What are the pros, cons, how you feel about uh, doing that as opposed to, you know, having a script and everything? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not a writer, um, and I'm, I guess I'm interested in attempting to create environments where things can happen, and then I can sort of serve as a writer in the editing room. So the script to me is a document that really, I, I mean, I have read really good scripts that read 
just, you know, they read as well as novels or something like that. Like the word, the, the whole piece works on paper, right? But for the most part, that's always a blueprint, or at least that's my attitude about a script. Is like, this is the thing that's gonna get us to the actual thing, which is the movie. And so when I came out of film school, having had a bunch of bad experiences turning bad scripts into bad short student films, I was like, what is it about this process that seems to consistently not work for everybody? Especially when you're young and you don't have money and you don't have really good actors and all these kinds of things. So when I made my first movie, I was like, what if I just don't do that? Like, what if I skip that part of it and I focus on the part of it that is the real thing, which is committing these images to camera and editing them into a movie? And so I started working with friends of mine and I was like, I don't, it really doesn't matter to me what you say. What matters to me is that like tonally and story-wise we get this point across. So however that ends up feeling best to us, let's just try it a couple ways and I'll, I'll figure it out in the editing room how it works. And I liked that so much and was encouraged enough by the results. I mean, I don't think, my first movie, I haven't watched it in a long time. My guess is I probably wouldn't like it and would think it was really bad. But at the time, it was so much better than anything else I had made that I was like, all right, maybe I'm onto something here. So I did the next one that way, and I liked it even more. And then I did the third one that way, which was a movie called Hannah Takes the Stairs. And that movie got distribution. People watched it and wrote about it. It was sort of part of a thing that was going on. And, and once again, it was like me and a group of actors living in an apartment for a month together and just every day waking up and figuring out the movie as we went. And so at that point, I kind of felt that, that I owed it to myself to explore that process, uh, you know, sort of as deeply as I could. And I think that I, you know, sort of depending on the project have had a, a more or less of a relationship with, with what I would call a script. I mean, I've never worked with something on my own that I would call a script script that, that like very clearly lays out the movie from beginning to end with dialogue and screen direction and all that sort of stuff. It still functions to me as a way to guarantee that we get from one place to another. But um, I am still, like it, as recently as April of this year, I made a movie, a nine day shoot with nothing on paper because I, there's a part of me that is still completely thrilled by staring into the void and then just like pulling something back from the void. Like, I don't know what we're gonna do, but we've got nine days, we'll make something. Let's see what that thing looks like. And that, when I can go to those places, I'm sort of the most unconscious and the most in touch with myself in terms of what's naturally coming out of me as a storyteller, as opposed to maybe what works in like a traditional story structure. But as I've gotten older, I've also gotten a lot more interested in traditional story structure because that is also a really interesting thing. And when it's done really well, those movies are really good too. And so I'm kind of at this interesting point where this year I made two movies. Jake and I made, just finished a movie and then I did this thing in April. The process of the two movies could not be further apart. One movie, was just a completely unconscious, like we're all just gonna go do it and see what happens. The other movie, Jake and I worked our asses off on, on the closest thing to a script I've ever had, which was like an 80, 80 page beginning to end, there's actually dialogue in there, kind of script script thing. And the truth is, I love both of them, and I kind of feel like I have to do 
both things the rest of my career. Like, neither one is gonna totally satisfy me. I'm gonna wanna do the high wire act where I have no idea what's gonna happen and we just go. And I'm gonna wanna do the thing where we really think it out and figure out what it is and then we, and then the, th the thrill of it is the attempted execution of it. Just because it works on paper does not mean it is going to work. And so then you're, you're just in a really different mindset, which is like, okay, cool, now, how to, now I'm a translator. How do I get the thing that I can see on paper it works? I can see in my head how I want it to work, but the sun is its own random element. The actors are each their own random element. Like, how do I then sort of finagle this real world into the like, screen world that I can see in my head? Um, and so it, both pose crazy challenges. Both are really fun for me. And I, I'm just kind of like attempting to navigate that. And I'm, I'm also just always trying to be realistic about who I am, what my skill set is. Like I couldn't have written the script without Jake. Like he's bringing a really different skill set than I have. If I sat down to try and write it, it would be a garbled mess. Eventually I'd give up on it and I would just go improvise all of it. With Jake, he's like, no, 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 I think, you know, what if this, this, this? And I'm like, totally, that makes perfect sense to me. Let's write that down. Um, and yeah, I'm just like really enjoying feeling out all, anywhere in that spectrum. With that new one that you guys did, is that a story where it's like you felt it needed a script? Like, is that why you went that way? Like, or? I think we were curious to see what would happen if we did it. Okay. I don't know, I don't think it, we felt like it needed one, yeah. but I think we were like, if we wrote one, we wouldn't have to use it. Right. But maybe we learned some things. And also, I, I was, you know, going to that, the question, I like them both a lot. I, I wasn't in the nine day movie. I, I, like, uh, I like a script and I also like improvising a lot, but I like having, we all know exactly what we're supposed to do and how it moves the story and, for you know, movies like Jurassic World, you're not improvising on that. You read every single thing on that script and you see the movie. And I read that script and I watched the movie and that's the same thing. And I think that's really cool, but I, I also love shooting indies and I like the pace and I like the speed and I like the ability to make something in 15 days or in 16 days. And so I'm personally interested in taking a little bit of both. And so I don't think a story needs a script or doesn't. But I was really interested in if Joe and I did the work before, which we did and sat around and beat out a story and you know, sent a script like everybody does when you're writing it to your peers and getting notes to see if we would like that you know, final product more. And we'll tell you in about a year. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be here doing this and we'll go, no, improvising is way better. This one we're showing you is dog shit. <laughs> All right, we don't know yet. Um. You kind of spoke about this just now. If you could elaborate, you uh, the differences between from an actor's point of view from an indie movie yes. to a huge budget movie yes. again, That's example right. Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, aside from the scripts, what else do you see kind of as a difference between the two? And as a director, does a huge budget movie ever interest you, or do you feel like you get more accomplished with the indie movie? Because I will admit. Some indie movies are a lot better than the huge budget movies. Um, thank you for admitting that. <laughs> thank you for also saying that. Um, so, <laughs> so I think the, it, there's a part of it that's absolutely the same. In between action and cut, 
doing Jurassic World, because I, I shot Digging for Fire and Jurassic World the same summer. So when the director calls action and you're doing that movie, or they call action and you're doing this movie, it's not different. What's different is everything in that movie has already been planned out. There have been countless meetings on it. It is based off hours upon hours of work so that you just have to accomplish this goal. That's not a movie I could say, like, after Colin said cut, like, give me one more, I got some ideas. <laughs> Nobody is interested in that. Nobody wants that. So because everything they're doing is based off what happened with the, like, for my stuff, for example, in that movie, I shot all my stuff in the final week of production. So my first day was Chris Pratt's last day. Because Colin wanted to shoot the entire movie and then be able to cut to the control room for an editing piece whenever he needed options. So he would give me a version of the script where he'd go, I need this lighter, I need this jokier, and I need this more serious. So that when he's editing, he could place it in. When we're making a movie together, if something feels wrong or right, I can say, hold on, Joe, let me try it this way. And if it's right to both of us, then we're going in that direction. So it's that control aspect that's different on an indie for me. Um, yeah, I would definitely be interested in directing a huge budget movie if I was working with actors that I like and if I felt that we would be able to make the best version of that movie. I think the reason that I haven't done that yet is because anytime I've gotten close, I've, I've also gotten close enough to see that ultimately I would not be able to make the best version of that movie. And so when the options are a compromised version of a big budget movie or the best version of a small movie, I'll just choose the best version of the small movie every time because like, I can put food on the table and creatively I'm 100% satisfied. So I'm kind of at a place where I don't, there's nothing externally that's like forcing me to change other than my own desire for growth and new experiences and, and because every time that I have stepped out of the comfort zone, I've learned things and so I'm, I'm like continually interested in that experience. So I've directed some episodes of TV, which, you know, 30, a 30 minute episode of TV, five times the budget of the biggest movie I've made, you know, like so that to me is the equivalent of getting like a small peek at what maybe uh, doing a studio movie or something bigger is like. And I've really enjoyed it. You know, I mean, there, it's a cool experience and there's something relieving about not being the boss, you know, of sort of coming in, doing my job. Uh, I think the film term is staying in my lane. And so, you know, I can like get with that, but ultimately, I'm, I'm just more excited to kind of tackle something that feels closer to me and something where I know I'm going to be able to bring 100% to it, as opposed to a thing where I'm like, cool, I'm having a good time, but also as, as soon as we're done, I'm just going back to my hotel room and watching TV. Like, I'm not in love with it. And it's more fun to be in love with it. You guys seem to have like a natural chemistry being you guys have worked on projects together but since Joe you're a filmmaker and Jake you're you've done acting and filmmaking is there ever a time when you're making these films when you guys are conflicting in ideas you being having to be an actor and being like this is how I see this project going and you be more in the filmmaker like no it's like that and how do you get past those moments of differences or was it just kind of a natural thing where you guys kind of both are on the same kind of wavelength well it's a good question because 
it's that's a tricky thing and one of the reasons why we've worked together now on three projects is because in those moments neither of us always win so i think if i was working with somebody and in that moment when i go my guts tell me this if they go i don't care say your lines <laughs> at a certain point you got to do your job and say your lines i just wouldn't want to work with them again and if i was always winning those and joe would say let's do this and i said i insist on that and he was deferring too much he wouldn't want to work with me so I think what we kind of do is, in those moments, because they always happen, you're building something, you feel good, everything feels right, you start shooting and everything feels really wrong and weird. And because a lot of times you don't have that script to rely on, you've got to create it, but the tone and everything is off. We'll start talking about it and one of us will have a stronger gut feeling. And a lot of times we'll go back and forth, but somebody will be more willing to fight for something and then we'll mostly try that. And if that's not working, then we'll start kind of going to plan B. But we won't stop until we sell these as we only shoot two or three, we drink beers and they're a blast. But the reality is there are moments when they're not working that we will just keep shooting and keep going until we find it and we both know that we were happy with that take. It's a respect thing too, I think. Like deep down, I fundamentally know to my core that Jake is not full of shit. So when he has an idea, I must take it seriously. You know, like he has never said something to me where I was like, what are you talking about, man? Like that is rooted in no reality that I can even come close to comprehending. Usually when he says something to me, I'm either like, you're right, I hadn't thought about that. Or I'm like, I see where you're coming from and here's why I want to do it the other way. I'm never like, what are you, do why are you like doing this right now? Why are you just causing a problem on set right now just to be difficult? So typically it's smooth sailing and then whenever he is like, hold on a second, I take that seriously because I'm like, okay, he's thinking with a similar brain to me, what about this is like throwing the red flag up for him and then, and then we talk that out. So it's like nice to be in that creative relationship with somebody who I'm not having to do the mental gymnastics of like, I don't respect this person. I actually already know that I'm going to disagree with what they say. And now we're going to have to spend 30 minutes playing nice where we like pretend to hear each other out. And then ultimately I'm going to do what I want to do, which has happened. Which is so much of the industry. It's scary. <laughs> yes. It is jarring. Um, so, you know, that amount, I feel like, I, I mean, tell me if you feel differently, but when you find somebody like that, who you know in your core is not full of shit, you're like, please keep working with me, please, 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 because otherwise the alternative is really bad. I don't want to have to go do the other thing. And we, we also try to push each other. So after doing this movie, we had like things we talked to each other about we want to try doing differently. And so on set, when there's a little bump in the road, it'll be a reminder of why we're doing it. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. So you'll do another one with, together then, I would imagine. We already did. I mean, I know that oh, one, but after yeah. that one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, after that sure. one. Yeah, what's yeah. cool is that we're, we're, I'm like editing the one that we just did together. We have no idea what the next one will be. We're not even okay. talking about ideas, but we are, we, I think that there's like a fundamental feeling that when we finish this one that we just did together, the next one will be based on what we see is wrong with this one and how we can fix that. Each one is a reaction to the one previous. Right, right. 
All right, well, listen, thank you so much for doing thank this, you. Jake, Reg, and Joe. Right. Thank you, guys. Digging for Fire is out in limited re release tomorrow, and I think VOD soon after, I believe. That's right. So uh, check it out. It's really fun and super funny, and you should all watch it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody.